guys. Welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today we're chatting with Katherine O'Brien. Katherine is a licensed marriage and family therapist and the founder of happywithbaby.com. She created Happy With Baby in order for new and expecting parents to discover the advice she wishes she could have had when managing expectations of parenthood and relationships. Today, we will be chatting with Catherine about the transition of partners becoming parents and the impact it has on their relationship. We will dive into some of the tools parents can use to communicate and thrive through this transition, equipping them to be effective caregivers and have a happy marriage. So let's dive in. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here today on our podcast, Chick Chat. We're thrilled to have you as our guest. Thank you for having me, Nina. I'm so glad to be here. Oh my goodness, of course. We always like to get to know our guests a bit more. So Catherine, can you please tell me a bit about your background and how you came to focus on helping new parents navigate their relationships? Yes. So while I live in Sacramento, California with my husband and our two children, and I have been a licensed marriage and family therapist for almost 20 years now, which is shocking that I can say that because <laughs> uh, I'm like, I feel like I'm still new at this some days. But anyways, my specialty has been working with maternal mental health and new parents for while well, my oldest is 12. And I really got into this being my specialty probably shortly after he was born, but for Aww. sure for like the last 11 years. And it was because of the challenges that I felt like were so difficult after we had him that opened my eyes, how difficult it really is to add a baby to the family. So that just kind of became my passion and my interests and how things kind of got started and really growing my business and everything. Because I noticed like I was having a difficult time, but I would hear other moms talking and stuff and, and hearing how that they were also having a difficult time. And I was just like, I don't want it to be so hard. Like, I don't want this to be impact relationships so much with our partners and seeing how easily it could go wrong without being prepared. So I just kind of started putting together like a list of things I wish I had known and had an opportunity to start teaching a workshop. And then it just kind of like has grown from there. That is awesome. Wow. You've really been able to touch so many people in so many different ways. How rewarding that must be. Yes, I love it. Like I, I really do. Like I love like getting up and going to work and you know, Aww. seeing my clients and having different opportunities and stuff to connect with people. That's so wonderful. Catherine, what were the biggest changes you experienced in your relationship after giving birth to your first child? And we know that gosh, when you add a baby to the family, it can really <laughs> shake things up. So we want to know, yeah, what were your biggest changes that you experienced? My husband and I had been together I don't know, numbers anymore. (laughs) I can't remember, but I feel like at least five years. I know that we were together five (laughs) years when we got married. And when we got married, the plan was let's be married for a while. And we ended up getting pregnant much faster than we had anticipated. And so we celebrated our first anniversary with a three-week-old. And so- (laughs) how wonderful. (laughs) Yes, it was was wonderful. But we were very tired and our- (laughs) Our first anniversary was much different than our wedding day, Uh, but yeah, we were exhausted and tired, you know, and we were both older. I was in my thirties. My husband was almost 40 when we had our first. And I think we had had a life, like we had done so many things and we were very independent of each other. Like we enjoyed spending time together and we spent a lot of time together, but we also did things so independently. And I was like, now we're having to communicate with each other 
right. about little things, like a lot of communication. And I think there's this part where it's like, well, I just want him to know what I need. And he wasn't knowing what I needed. Yeah. He can't be a mind reader. He yeah, can't no, be a mind reader. Not. Weird. He <laughs> <laughs> was not a mind reader. It was very disappointing. <laughs> it was really challenging and we were exhausted. And in the middle of the night, we still kind of joke about this because sometimes it comes out not as often, but he'd be like, well, do you want me to get the baby? And that was like basically code for you're going to get the baby, right? You know, <laughs> do you want me to do it? Yes, I want you to do it. But I feel like the answer is really, <laughs> no, I'll do it. I'm tired to, to change your diaper or whatever. And so it's just like this dependence we had on each other that we hadn't had before, which was really hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a total change. And to be able to finally realize, oh, I have to communicate with you in a way that I'm not used to communicating with you. must've been a big, big shock. Yeah. <laughs> how do we talk about, and how do we do this when we are so tired and there's all these new things that we're constantly learning how to do? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I want to know, what do you wish you had known before having your child that might've helped you navigate these relationship changes? Well, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things. Great. <laughs> right. Which is why, why we started doing the workshop and where our book came from was like all the things I wish I would have known. But the big things were like, I wish I would have known what the biggest issues were going to be for me, what the biggest challenges were going to be for me and what were going to be his challenges and that we had had communication about it. I wish we would have had some like household management stuff set aside. Like, you know, we kind of would do the chores and they would get done, but then it was like, now the baby, you throw the baby in there and like endless laundry. And now there's a million more things to do and just no real like system in place for like how those things were going to happen and what other things kind of how to cope with our (laughs) in-laws, you know, the management of that. And then just how to keep the intimacy in our relationship when you have a baby. Like, I think that was a big one for us. Like, how do we still connect with each other outside of just parenting? Yeah. And you're so tired. (laughs) How do you, you're so tired. And you're like, I don't have time for that. (laughs) I literally have no energy. And then also some moms, a lot of moms just don't feel ready for that six week postpartum check that you get the clearance. Like they're like, no, honey, I'm nowhere near. (laughs) I had a client once they're six months postpartum and he's like, Oh, you know, the thought that the doctor hadn't cleared because she was just like, I'm so like, don't even want to go there that she had convinced him that she wasn't cleared yet. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, I don't want that to happen to other people. So what are other ways? There's other ways to be intimate with each other, you know, that maybe isn't just sex too, but yeah. for that connection, because I think the connection is so key. I joke about this a lot, but my husband and I, like, I know when he's, I need more time with him or more connection with him because little things he does drive me crazy. Like he's standing in the wrong place in the kitchen or he doesn't lie the sink down after he shaves or, you know, something. I'm sure he does these things all the time, but there's certain times where it's like, oh, you're really driving me crazy. Like, why are you always in the wrong spot? And it's like, yeah, that's just like key. That's that's my thing. It's like, oh no, I just need to spend more quality time together, you know? And how can we get those moments in there? working and having kids and all those things. Well, now I need to know, how can we? Like you're saying we need to figure this out. Okay. Yes. How can we figure that out, Catherine? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think it's like, I'm all about the date night and about scheduling it, but also it's like finding the little moments too, like, oh, connecting 
and we sit down and have a chat before, you know, we go to bed or before we make dinner or whatever, like finding a time during the day that we're checking in with each other and just kind of connecting about like, how was your day? Like what's going on? Getting out all the things that like, you know, who's picking up the kids or do we need to adjust schedules just so that those things don't come as a surprise where it's like, wait, I thought you were going to do that. Or, and so making sure we're making those small moments for each other, but then just also like, Hey, let's go for a quick walk after dinner or let's watch a show together and like talk about it. Not necessarily like I tend to like fall asleep or something or let's make dinner or let's make sure that we have a date night on or when can we get a weekend away or something like that. But making sure we're, we're making those times for each other. What I took away from that that really hits home for me is that even in the simple moments of making dinner together or watching a show, just setting the intention of we connecting during that mm-hmm. activity. Because mm-hmm. I think we just are in this like <sighs> robotic, oh, this is what I do every day. But to really mm-hmm. be like, okay, if I need to connect and we have this mile-long to-do list as new parents. Yeah. And yeah. now, you know, just even simple moments can help. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, you know, I'm just like thinking about it the other day. You know, my husband, I usually make dinner. My husband cleans up after dinner. You know, the kids help or whatever because they're older now. But but the other day, it's like I just kind of sat and I like helped him do some of the cleaning while we were just like chatting about the upcoming holidays and doing things like that. And I was like, it was kind of fun. It's not my typical thing that I do. I usually go off and find either a quick minute for myself or do something else. But it's like, that was really nice. Like, and so it's like finding those things or, or like, I remember when my kids were really little, he always did bath time. And so he would do bath time. And that's usually where I would get a moment. But then he also did the dishes because I had done all the cooking. So, you know, occasionally like I would do the dishes. So by the time he was done with bath time and the kids went down, like we could have those moments, have an evening together earlier than normal or doing things for each other. That's like helpful. Like that also builds that connection too. Like you're like, okay, like I'm thinking about you. I know this makes it easier. Not that you have to do it like every night. Mm-hmm. Cause it's not like, I'm not even saying like you need to sit down and have a big conversation every night or do something every single night. I think it's about making sure you're intentional about it and being like, usually I like to go to bed early, but like once a week, yeah, like I'll stay up a little bit later so that we can have some extra time together during the week, because that's also important to me. But I know I can't do that every day because if I could get 12 hours a night, I wouldn't be happy. I'm just kidding. I'm like one of those people, like I need my sleep. So I was like, I can't be up late every night hanging out. But yeah, I want to make sure that we're doing that you know, on a regular basis, if I can, or doing a lunchtime thing. I'm not saying you have to do it at night, but you know, finding that time during the week. I love that. Oh, so cool. And you've worked with so many different people. What are the most common struggles you see in new parents today? Well, I think that communication, I think frustration with like, I wish my partner could see the things that I see that need to have happen in the house and like kind of splitting up like the household duties and stuff. But I also think it's about Also, sometimes it's us asking and being like specific about what we need because our partners usually don't know what we need and they're not going to see things the same way that we see it. So I think that's that piece of where, okay, like, let's like talk about that. Hey, like, this is kind of frustrating. Like I, I need help. Like we need help doing this. Like I can't do all of these, these things by myself. Like how can we split up the chores together? What does that look like? And how can we work on that together? So I think 
that's a big piece. I think another big challenge right now is just not, and always, at least in the last, I don't know how many years now, but there's just not a good support for parents outside of, unless they have, you know, family support, which a lot of people don't in the area that I live in, like a lot of people move to this area and they don't for like school or whatever, you know, um, work and they don't have a support system outside of their partner and having a good partner support is good, but it's not all, it's hard to do it. Just the two of you. Oh yeah. You need additional support system. So it's like, how do you create that? And where do you find those just for our overall well being? For sure. Yeah. Building that village is essential. Your partner can't be your entire village. That's too much responsibility on one person for you to be that person for your partner and for them to be that for you. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I always like tell people, I'm like your partner, because I'm like, okay, what's your postpartum plan? And they're like, oh, well, my partner, I'm like, your partner is not your postpartum plan. <laughs> we, need more. <laughs> we need more than that. Right. Because it's new for them too. It's not like they're just like hanging out waiting, you know, like it's all for both of you. And so it's like, we got to create that outer <laughs> layer of support. And how do you find that? Yeah. I'm so glad that you say that, Catherine. That literally makes me dance inside because (laughs) people don't really think about that. Like, oh, it's my partner and I will figure it out and we got each other's back. And I'm like, yeah, but you're both tired. (laughs) Exactly. You're both going to be so tired. Your brain's not going to be working. You'll have mom brain. They'll have like sympathy mom brain. And it's just, (laughs) it doesn't work out. I think exactly. I mean, I think that was the hardest part for my husband and I is that because I know he has my back. I know he was there to support me, but it's like, he was exhausted too. He was still going to work and still trying to, you know, coming home and helping me do other things. And it was just like a lot, a lot. And it was taxing on both of us. And it's like, yeah, that's just not enough, not enough (laughs) support, you know? For sure. For sure. And yeah, I totally, I totally agree. So I love that you do that with your clients because as a postpartum doula, I'm always like, okay, I can only be here for so long. You need to have another plan to make sure that you have the support and uh, every mom needs it. So being a new parent, as we were saying, it's so overwhelming and exhausting. And some new parents don't even feel like they have time to shower, let alone give attention to their partners. So how do you recommend and we covered this, but I want to know like your absolute mess. Like how do you recommend that they make the time and put the effort in their relationship when they just feel like they have like no time and no energy to give? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I always tell people, okay, so there's three questions that you have to ask yourself and you and your partner are asking each other. And that first question is like, what are you doing to make sure you're taking care of yourself? Because you can't do the other two ongoing and sustainably if you're not putting in to yourself. And I think it's so easy. And when we become parents, and sometimes we're like this even before we become a parent, but that's the first thing to go. Like me taking care of myself is like on the bottom of the list because there's like all these other different things. And it's the big gestures of like going out with friends or getting a pedicure, whatever it is that you like to do that kind of recharges you spending a couple hours reading a book. Those probably aren't not something you can do every day. Like I wish that was, but I, but knowing like as a new parent, like that's probably not realistic, but what are those like little moments? And, you know, people often say like, Oh, rest or sleep when the baby's sleeping, which is baloney because a lot of people are like, I can't fall asleep. Like I I don't know when the baby's going to wake up. So I just tell them, 
but you can still rest. You can still like lay down and like maybe you close your eyes for a few minutes and just kind of like rest your body. You don't have to go and do the laundry and do the dishes because they will be there for you later. They'll eventually get done. Maybe not in the way that you want them to right now, but eventually they will get done and you won't have them. And I have a 12 year old now that like cleans out the dishwasher and it's like amazing. So I'm telling you, eventually it'll get done. Hopefully not in 12 years, but eventually it will. (laughs) But you can rest, you can rest your body. Or maybe you like do some stretching or do something that helps you feel better and not necessarily like giving into all these other areas. And so then how do you then make time for my next question is make sure that what are you doing to make sure that you're connecting with your partner on a regular basis. And it's about scheduling those daily check-ins with each other, putting on the calendar a date night or date afternoon or whatever it is, like on a consistent regular basis. And what is that? What is a consistent regular basis? What should we be shooting for? (laughs) I say weekly. I say like a good date where you can like an hour or more. I say weekly. I think you should do that. I know, and people are going to be like, I can't do that weekly. I can't afford to hire a babysitter or whatever. And I I say, yes, I know that's really hard, but maybe it looks different. If you can't get a babysitter, maybe it's why the baby's down for a nap. You guys don't do the chores and you sit and you do something together. Maybe you play a game. Maybe you order your favorite dessert or something and do that, but doing something different where you're just sitting, you're not on your phones. Ideally, you're not watching TV or a movie, though I know you're, if you're a tired parent, you're like, ah, that's all I have the energy for. Okay, then do that, but don't also be on your phone and sit next to your partner on the couch. Don't be on separate ends, but sit next to each other. Maybe you're just even holding hands or something. Maybe you decide you're going to take a nap together too. The baby's taking a nap. Okay, like let's lay down and take a nap together. Like if you're in that stages, but, but where you're doing something like together with each other, when you have more energy and stuff and you can actually go out and want to go out, you have a regular bait. Maybe you're like, okay, like every Saturday afternoon we get a babysitter and then we just decide what we're going to do and just have it like on the calendar. Like this is what happens. Maybe you have a family member that can watch the baby or whatever it is, but like, Hey, this is our time together. And then we just got to figure out what we're going to do during that time. Okay. And what's your third question? And then the third question is, what am I doing to bond and connect with my child? And I added that question because I had many parents, and I have to say they were all women at the time, (laughs) or since then too, who were like doing everything. Like they're doing the bath, they're doing, you know, the changes and, and the feeling like, because they have a system of how they're wanting to do it. And their partners would say like, well, I feel like I've never do it right. And and they're critiquing me. So I just kind of gave up and stopped doing it. So I'm like making sure that you're each getting quality time with your child. And now, like I said, my kids are older, they're eight and 12. I still want to make sure I'm spending quality time with my kids. We do the homework, we run to soccer practices, you know, I make dinner that they don't eat, you know, all those things. But like, am I spending like quality time where we're having conversations and I really know what they're interested in and I know who they are and who they're becoming, you know, like I want to do more than just like chores with them kind of deal. I think these questions we ask now until I assume they move out, maybe even beyond that, because I still want to make sure I'm connecting with my kids even after they move out, but being able to do that. And so letting your partner have their time also not feeling like we have to do it all 
And they're going to do, and this is where I like to say, they're going to do it different than we do it. And that's okay. They're supposed to do it differently than we do things. And that's okay. (laughs) And so step back and maybe you get a little break for yourself. Maybe that's when you're getting that little bit of self-care time. Maybe that's when you're, you can do the extra chore so that you guys can then have that time to connect with each other. But like, how do you do that? But making sure you're asking those questions for yourself, but then to each other so that you can help each other do those things and make that time for each other. I love those questions. Oh my gosh. I love those questions, Catherine. Like those are so and easy to remember and to mm-hmm. just check in with yourself and ask every now and then. So that is such a helpful tip. Thank you. My next question for you, how do you recommend parents keep passion in their relationship post-baby? Because there's I feel like you kind of nailed it when you feel like you're doing everything you've Mm -hmm. built up resentment and it can just fester and Mm -hmm. intimacy and passion are different. So feeling that connection and that passion, how do you recommend that parents keep that passion post baby? Yeah. Well, and I think it's about continuing to make the time for each other. And I think to like, also know that you're both changing and growing and encouraging how that is different and who they are as parents and partners, but then also making sure that you're still doing things together. Maybe you're trying new things. You're making that, that time. I think what happens, and this is, I was talking to somebody that has, their kids are much older and they were saying how there was a lot of, they knew families that like divorced as the kids got older and were moving out of the house. And, you know, cause they didn't have like this they hadn't spent any time together. They'd been doing all this stuff for the kids, but not making the time for themselves. So I think it's like, again, like going back and like, okay, making sure we're making that time for each other, making sure like we're remembering why we like each other and got into this relationship with each other and trying new things. My husband and I just right before COVID had started learning how to like row on a crew row. I don't know if people know what that is. Yeah, yeah. And it was like super interesting. I would have never done it, but he had been, erging like on the rower, you know, for like years. And so, and I had done a little bit of that, but he's like, yeah, you want to try this? And I was like, it was such a fun couple thing to do to try something new. And we really enjoyed it. And we can do this something together, you know, something different, something that wasn't about the kids. It was about for us to try. And, and I think it is like finding like different interests and trying different things that maybe you might not have done before. Like, I think that's been one of the bonuses bonuses. I think a perk of like COVID is that now there's so many online things to do so that you can try like a cooking class or making a dessert or, you know, those kind of things like you could do with like your partner, like what's something you guys are both interested in, or maybe neither of you are interested in, but you're like, Hey, let's give this a shot that you could do together from home. Why the baby or your kids are sleeping or doing something else or whatever, you know, there are more accessible to different things, I think, than we had before, which is, I think, good. Yeah, I would totally agree. I'm so grateful that there are so many more options because it can feel limiting. Like, oh my gosh, what can we do? And maybe he likes things that I really don't like, but the internet allows you to like really (laughs) find so much that maybe you can find a common ground. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. So we've established that Basically, communication is extremely important when it comes to your relationship with your partner, especially when you become new parents. But what communication skills do you recommend parents master during this time? 
Well, first of all, like having conversations, making the time to have a conversation and then I statements like this is how I feel like this is what I need. And then also like checking in, like, what is it like, how can I support you or what is it that you need as well? So being clear on that. And then, I mean, I think those are like my basic, (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of like communication, you know, nuances and stuff like that, that we could get into. But I think the basic is like saying like, if you're frustrated with your partners, like I'm just feeling like overwhelmed when this happens, like how can we make a different situation? Cause this isn't working for me right now, you know, and I'm not blaming you. It's not your, you know, I'm not saying this is your fault. I'm saying like, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling overwhelmed by this situation and like checking in, like, how are things going for you? What do you need? But then I think also acknowledging what each other is doing for each other. I think sometimes it's so easy to say like, what's not happening, but if we can then acknowledge, oh, wait, I totally appreciate it. I know you did the dishes for me and I, I usually do them and I just really appreciate that. That was so helpful and unexpected. Making sure that you're acknowledging each other for what you are doing. I agree. And I think that's another hard one. Like, And I've been talking to some people recently and that's been the, I feel like my partner just doesn't appreciate the things that I do. So I think it's being able to say how we appreciate each other, even if it's, well, of course they're supposed to do it. Okay. But still, it's nice to be acknowledged for it. Yeah, I totally agree. It means so much when my husband comes up to me and says, you know what? You're doing such a great job. Do you know that? Mm -hmm. I so appreciate you as a business partner, as a mother, as my wife. And that just like makes you feel good. And it makes you want to like continue and do better to make them proud. And I love that. I totally agree. Right. right. Oh, so we've talked a couple of different questions to ask ourselves, but I want to know what conversations or actions can partners take before a baby arrives to set themselves up for success as new parents? Well, I think, you know, one simple way is to share with each other, what is my biggest concern? Like, you know, there's so many different issues, transition issues that come up. There's the different roles, there's body issues, there's money issues, there's like all these different things. And like being able to share with each other, like, okay, these are my like top three concerns or top five concerns about bringing a baby home. Like, what are yours? And oftentimes they're different and sometimes they're the same. And then, okay, so how do we then look at getting support around those issues? Are we able to offer each other support? You're concerned about money But here, let me remind you why we have this handle. Like we've got all these things in place so you don't have to and I will continue to reinforce it. Or maybe your concern is possibly having a postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. So what are some things we can have in place for that? Like let's connect with your doctor or your OBGYN or whatever and let's make sure we have a good support system to ease things or like these are the warning signs we'll make sure to look for so that we have that support in place to start building that postpartum plan. What are those things? Yeah, I totally agree. I love that. I also think another thing that a conversation that I was told from a friend is to have the conversation of what parenting roles you expect to do and what you expect the other person to do. Because Mm -hmm. maybe you're like, well, I expect you to be the disciplinarian or I expect you to do the bath time or whatever it is. And then the other parent's like, 
I don't change any diapers. My dad never changed a diaper in his life. And so having those kind of conversations, because then when the kid's there and you're like, wait, why aren't you doing this? Like how you experienced parenthood with your parents is going to be potentially a completely different thing than what your spouse experienced. So talking about your expectations of your roles, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely the expectations of, yeah, parenting roles, I think is a big one for that transition is how are we doing this? What do you think it's going to look like? This is what I think it's going to look like. And then maybe they're somewhere in the middle because, I mean, our expectations usually come from our families. So (laughs) either they have, either we're going into it saying like, I am not doing it like my family, or I want to do it exactly like my family or the combo. And then your partner is going to have a totally different experience usually. How does that work? So yeah, that's very key for sure. Uh Those expectations are big. Huge. Yeah, I agree. And I want to know, because I think there are some people who probably clicked on this podcast because they're like, oh, my relationship is not going so hot right now. And now that we have this baby, what are some signs to look for in your relationship that signal that your relationship may need some work before it gets to a bad place, you know? Yeah, I think it's like this resentment, right? Like we feel like resentful towards our partner. And I always like think of it as like, I'm resentful about this and this wall just starts building. And then it's like, how am I going to get that wall down? Because there's a lot of repair work that needs to happen. Got to knock it down. And so I think it's like when you start feeling like resentful towards your partner and frustrated, if you don't want to be talking to your partner, you're not wanting to have those conversations. Like that's a sign like, because I feel like every time I say something, they don't hear what I say or it becomes about them or, you know, we're not able to connect and like solve problems. And I feel like we just keep spinning the same issue over and over and over again. And it never gets better. I think those are signs like, Hey, well, why don't you go talk to somebody that could be helpful and like maybe even help you see things in a way that you're not yeah, seeing, yeah. you know, and help to see each other's perspectives. Yeah. Especially when you don't know how to bring this up without sounding like you're attacking that person Mm -hmm. or because I think that can be sometimes people are like, every time I say it, it sounds so nasty and I don't want to be nasty about it. I just want, because I built all this resentment and it's just bubbled over and I'm just you know losing control. But really, if I just say, Hey, I feel this way and this is why, and Mm -hmm. I know you're not intentionally trying to do this, but this is how it makes me feel or whatever. So that makes total total sense. I really appreciate that. And Catherine, what for you, what are your top relationship tips for new parents? (laughs) I'm like, how do I condense that? Um, (laughs) That's a whole podcast in and of itself, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, I think my top tips go back to those three questions. Yeah. My top tips are like, you have to make sure that you're taking care of yourself so that you can be the best partner and the best parent that you can be. And then also making sure that you're making time to connect and support your partner. How are you guys doing that on a regular basis, doing those check-ins, having those date nights or date days or whatever, but making that time for each other so that it makes the parenting easier, right? If we feel connected, it's easier to work together as parents. And then having that bonding and enjoying that time with your children, parenting is a a lot of work. Like sometimes it feels like more work than, but making sure you're having those enjoyable connections. If we're taking care of ourselves, if we're having, we feel supported by our partner, like it makes all that other stuff 
easier too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. And Catherine, why do you say it's important that parents, I think we're always trying to think of, gosh, we're feeling kind of at ends with one another because we don't communicate as much and the baby has really changed things up, but, but we need to be on the same team. You know, I hear a lot of like team and we need to be together on this. Like, why is it important that partners stay on the same team as parents? And, and what advice do you offer to really help achieve this? Well, I think it's easier if you stay on the same team because there are times where we need moments for ourselves, right? And so if we're on the same team, then sometimes you, you hand off and sometimes you're passing back and forth, dribbling down the court together. Like you need that support together. And because sometimes like difficult things happen or difficult situations. And if we have this united front and we're working together, it makes it easier to do. So how can we get there? How do parents say like, all right, we're in this as a team. Like, what do we need to do? Well, (laughs) not to keep saying the same thing over again, but I think it's like communicating, like, this is what I think is important. And your partner can say like, well, this is what I think is important. And if it's not the same, okay, well then how do we adjust that? How do we meet somewhere in the middle if we have to, or me saying like, Hey, this is really, really important to me. And they're like, well, it's not as important to me. So, okay. Like we'll do it your way. You know, sometimes there's some of that, but I think it's like having those conversations and continuing to check in. Like you mentioned before the baby comes checking in about these things, but I think it's like ongoing conversations and checking in. It's like, okay, I thought I was going to parent this way, but now that I have the kid realizing like, Maybe some things I thought were really important to me aren't as important to me anymore. How we we go into it with like these big expectations. You know, there's so many things I said I would never do that now I do. You know, what's important to us definitely changes over time. So it's like continuing to have those like conversations about that so that you can work together and hear that from each other. Yeah. You know, raising hypothetical children was so much easier than raising our own, you know? (laughs) Like they were so good too. They're so well behaved. They listened every time I said anything. Oh, it was just the best. And if we had to leave the park, they just would leave the park. Like I had no idea that they would have an opinion of their own. Oh yeah. Literally, Catherine, we were at a birthday party this past weekend and there was a bouncy house. And we told my son, it's time to go. You have to get out of the bouncy house. Refused. So my husband had to get in the bouncy house, <laughs> grab him, pull him out, screaming bloody murder. Oh, I'm like, no. hey, yep, that's my child. <laughs> cool. Thanks for the cake. We'll see you later. Oh, so yeah, yes, I totally agree. And I want to know though, like in those moments when you're actually in the moment and your your partner's handling something a different way, yeah. I don't want to say, no, that's not the right way to do it. <laughs> like, how, but you want to be on the same team. Yes. <laughs> how yes. do you do that in the moment? Like, do you just yeah. like shut up and then wait until after and then bring it up? Like, hey, remember how this happened? I really feel like how that was handled was not the best way to handle it. And I don't know. What do you recommend? Yeah. I mean, of course, if it was like something severe, like you might have to intervene. But usually, right. I think the best course of action is like take a deep breath. <laughs> step aside so that you're not like, what are you doing? I can't believe you're handling it that way. You don't want to do that, right? Because then that undermines them. And then it's going to create this conflict with the two of you. But I think it is, it's like taking, you know, a deep breath and and then later and being like, hey, you know, earlier, 
I wasn't sure. Is that, you know, we kind of talked about how we want to handle things and is that not how we want to do it? Because sometimes in the moment, like they also realize like, okay, that did not go well. Or yeah, let's not do that again. Like, but I think it's being able to acknowledge that like, we're going to mess up as parents. I mean, there's been times where I'm like, oh, I really wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't gotten upset in that way towards my kids. You know, my husband, I've had many conversations about like how we're doing different things. And then being able to, when I do mess up, apologizing. Like there's been times where I apologize to my kids. Like, yeah, I, mom did not handle that well. Of course, you know, I don't necessarily like what you were doing, but I also probably had a bigger reaction than I should have and did not handle that well. And then that also teaches them how to apologize. It also teaches them how to make amends and repair different situations. There's been times where, you know, my husband and I have had a conversation in front of the kids and then they watch us repair that and say like, Hey, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that in that way. This is like real life stuff. Like there's going to be times where you don't like what your friends do or potential partners down the road. And you need to learn how to make amends and apologize and repair different situations. Yeah, I agree. And actually you just said outside relationships and that kind of leads me to my next question. What role do you think that outside pressure plays in our relationships as new parents? Oh, I think there's a lot of pressure. I hear it all the time. Like, oh, these moms that are seem like they're doing it so easy and well, and they have these picture perfect photos and stuff like that. And that's a snapshot. And we all put that picture perfect stuff, usually not all of us, but I, I love to see those accounts where people are not putting the perfect stuff out there. But the real life stuff is not real. And I think there's pressure to be like, oh, your kids take these classes and it helps build their brain development, like all this stuff. And it's like all this pressure to like do more and more and more. And really what your kids need is quality time with you. And not even necessarily quantity, because sometimes I have the parents that are like, oh, they're in childcare, and then they need quality time, right? So what are you doing to make sure, again, that you're taking care of yourselves and that you and your partner are on the same page so they get the best of you? Not They don't need the most of you. They need the best of you. And th- that you can be there for them and, and enjoy that. And like whatever it is that you want to do with them, incorporate them into the things that you like to do also. If you like to go camping. And sometimes it's hard when they're really little to do that, but find other ways to do it. Maybe you're camping in the backyard or maybe you're, you know, we have friends that used to car camp up until then the point where they could finally like go hiking with their kids out into the wilderness, which is something I do not do, but I know some people enjoy that, but it's like, you know, where they're doing the big long trips that they used to do pre-kids. What are ways you can incorporate them into the things that you like to do? And then they'll probably be interested in doing those things too. Oh, your quote of they don't need the most of you. They need the best of you. Like literally punched me in the stomach. And I was like, yes, that is so good. Oh, I need that like embroidered on a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, cause you know, we do feel so guilty if we're not doing all of the things for our kids and doing the best and that. And it's exhausting and it's just too much. So for you to say that, that's freeing. Yeah. And then to really make that time that you do have special and quality and checking in on yourself. What am I doing for myself? What am I doing for my, you know, how am I connected with myself? How am I connected with my partner? How am I connecting with my child? These are just golden nuggets, Catherine. I'm eating it all up. This is fantastic. (laughs) Oh, good. Oh, good. (laughs) Well, you know, I feel like I think about this one and for all the amazing music teachers out there, I'm not saying like 
their classes aren't wonderful because I know they are. But sometimes we have all this pressure like, okay, well, on the weekend, then I'm going to put my kid in a music class and then they go to gymnastics and then we'll do swim lessons. And it's like, do they need all that before they're five years old? Probably not. They don't need all those things. You know what? We can put on music and we can dance around our house and we can enjoy it. And it's less stressful because I'm not trying to get them dressed and out the door to be here on time. And I always tell parents, I'm like, unless you're wanting to go and meet other parents because you, <laughs> for socialization, like usually they don't need it when yeah. they're little babies, you know, <laughs> but they are great places to go and meet friends and do that kind of thing. So if that's what you need, then do it. But don't feel like you have to do that because they're not going to get into college if you didn't do the early child development music class. It's not probably going to make a difference, but if you want to listen to music and you want to enjoy it and you can do that stuff with them at home too. I think it's like looking at why you're doing it and what's going to make things easier for you. So cool. So true. I love all this. And it definitely takes the weight off of us (laughs) because again, we just, yeah, if we feel like oh, but our kids won't have the same opportunities or they just won't be as successful or whatever because we, of course, want the best for our children. But it's really quality over quantity on every sense of the spectrum, like you said, like quality and picking just one or two things and then that time with you. And I just, I love that. Thank you so much. Yeah, Yeah, you're welcome. So Catherine, are there any resources that you recommend our listeners maybe look into and learn more about, you know, the relationship transitions in parenthood? There's several good books out there. And like I said, my husband, I wrote a book based off of our workshop, but then there's some other really good books out there. There's one by John and Julie Gottman called Bringing Baby Home and another one called Becoming Us by Ellie Taylor. And those are just like really good books just to like understand that transition time. And then just other resources out there too. Like I mentioned earlier, like up to 20% of women will experience postpartum mood or anxiety disorder. So there's like postpartum.net has a lot of wonderful resources, like support groups and different things like that, that you don't have to, because it is treatable. There is a high rate of it, but it's also very treatable. So making sure you get that support and just even building that community, like different supports for like meeting new parents. Like if you need to go to the music class to meet new parents, like go do that. Do you know what I mean? But look for other like meetup.com. Like I host a regular meetup group for new parents that I post on there. Like look at different resources to find that. I know I've had people tell me that app peanut is good for like meeting new mom friends and stuff, especially because it's like, we do, we need other people because it's like, we aren't alone in it and it can feel very alone Mm. and isolating. And I think this last almost two years now has been harder than ever to be a new parent. Those are such great resources. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. And any final thoughts, Catherine, or advice for our listeners that you may have? I think my final thought is as parents, we can be really hard on ourselves. And so I think it's like, I think again, it's acknowledging all the things that you are doing as a parent. If you're listening to this, I imagine you are trying to do the best for your family, right? And so acknowledge all the wonderful things that you're doing. Notice the things that your partner is doing and where your child is at, because they're all so unique and different and special in their own way. Having two kids, I'm glad I had two, you know, (laughs) because they're so different. And I like see their differences, even though they have the same parents, they're so uniquely different and special in their own ways. And I needed that. (laughs) I needed that as a parent and a person and, you know, everything. So 
Yeah. So I think it's like, look at that. Look at the strengths that you have and your strengths are going to be different than probably your partner's strengths and your friend's strengths. And, and that's okay. Cause that's what makes our little support system. I love that. Yes, totally true. Our little village. It's perfect. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Catherine, now where can our listeners find you? So my website is happywithbaby.com and they can find me there. And then I'm on Instagram and Facebook at happy with baby as well, just to keep it simple. So, yep, you can go there. You can find my book on the website or Amazon or wherever books are sold. Amazing. And we'll be listing all of those resources in your okay. book and all of that good stuff in okay, our, our show notes. So all of our listeners, you don't have to do too much searching. We'll make it easy on you. Oh, good. <laughs> this was so wonderful, Catherine, and so helpful. Thank you for sharing these relationship tips and your advice to all of us. This is just such an important topic, and I know our listeners will benefit from your knowledge. So thank you so much again. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, absolutely. And for our listeners out there to learn more about Catherine, as she said, visit her on Facebook at Happy With Baby, on Instagram at Happy With Baby, and her website, happywithbaby.com. Our team will be posting today's episode on our Baby Chick Facebook page. So you, if you have any questions or comments about our discussion, please share them with us in the comment section. And as always, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat the Baby Chick Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Cheers to your relationship and happiness with baby. Thank you.